Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the ordinary, the mundane. Just a casual conversation, actually. One thing that we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just relax and drift off. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. Today's episode is sponsored by Casper.com. If you go to caspertrial.com slash insomnia, you'll get 50% off the purchase of your next mattress. And of course, a mattress is an important part of sleep. I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming a great friend, Rez Krebs, to the podcast today. Welcome. Hi, Marco. And we were just talking. We actually have an amato that we're enjoying. Um, and I said to Rez, I said, what do you really enjoy? And he said, I'm really enjoying winter. I said, let's talk about winter. So what is it about winter that you're enjoying this year in particular? Well, I had the great uh, pleasure of going back to British Columbia, where I'm from, mm-hmm. seeing my family... And uh, kind of traipsing around British Columbia in the snow. Okay. In the in the pretty crazy snow. I was in Prince George, a place where I have recently been, and we love as well. So. So I I just had this like a great experience for mm-hmm. about two weeks. I was out there snowshoeing, skiing, shoveling snow. You know, I I love I love the feeling like when you walk out the door and you kind of get that crystallizing in your nostrils. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Humor. For anyone who hasn't experienced that, because we have a lot of listeners who aren't in <clears throat> cold climates, right? It's that brisk sort of bright um, feeling when you go out into the cold, when it's very cold, that your nostrils, every hair in your nostrils sort of stand on edge. And it's a very interesting sort of feeling that is difficult clearly to describe. But once you've experienced it, you know it. And it's one thing that I think connects Canadians too, because everyone knows that feeling—the nostril freezing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's bracing. You know, mm-hmm. you get that uh, that that you know the the cold air hits your cheeks as you walk out the front door, uh, and you know you just feel alive. Yeah. Uh, granted, you know you have to be prepared for it. Sure. But frankly, we're Canadian. Yeah. I mean, aren't we prepared for it? Well, it's all part and parcel of. The experience of going outdoors in the winter. Yeah. Amanda always says, you can never have a quick Canadian exit in a play in the winter because we have so much to put on. So it's not like you can just have like, you know, the end of your argument and you storm out. There's no storming out because you've got to 
put on your galoshes, put on your uh, snow, snow pants, you've got to put on your heavy boots, your gloves, your big jacket, your scarf, your toque, and all these things before you exit. So there's no quick storming out. These are, it's really important, uh, in fact, to make sure that you have your big arguments with your family, either in the summer sure. or once you've already got your, your Gear. boots on. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Have you ever experienced it so cold that you can feel the inside of your lungs by the cold air coming in? I was in Winnipeg years and years ago, and it was minus, I want to say minus 45, more plus the wind chill. I've never experienced cold like that before. And I could feel my lungs on the inside of my body, and I've never had that sensation. I could feel how large my lungs were and where they extended to. Oh, definitely. And uh, you feel like sometimes, it's, in fact, it's hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh I remember it was years ago now. I was living in Prince George and I had done like a little too much outside activity when it was really cold. Okay. Uh, and my, uh, the, I, I think I had actually damaged the hairs inside my lungs. Okay. Yeah. So I had this kind of like cough. But regardless, we're trying to mm-hmm. try, talk about how great winter is. No, but there is, you know, it's interesting because people would be like, oh, cold, cold. But there's something beautiful and relaxing about the winter. And it's, there is a, beautiful brightness about a winter walk in the snow totally you said you went snowshoeing the sound there's a there's a certain crunch that snow makes actually there's a certain crunch that certain types of snow make definitely yeah i feel like each type of snow makes a different sound beneath your foot yeah exactly there and yeah i I went snowshoeing recently and that tell me about that that rhythm when you're out there you know and it was it was snowing that day and i uh, you know, when I got back in, I had all the, the icicles all over my beard, right? right? But, you know, I felt like an Arctic explorer. But you get into sure. that rhythm out there uh, and, you know, you're just kind of trudging and just, you know, getting into that kind of the feeling of uh, of working your body while it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. You're, you're keeping yourself warm just through the work. Sure. No, it just feels great. Yeah. Yeah. And then that feels great. Like I even said, like, like a, a nice brisk walk in the winter in snow feels great and the other thing that feels great is when you come inside so there's like this two part thing about winter and the relaxing calming nat- aspect of winter i was going to say nature but it's an aspect of winter that you enjoy it and there's a relaxing calm and a brightness that the sun reflecting off the snow too gives you and the moment you walk inside and you take off that gear and you just sit down in a warm home Feels so beautiful. Oh, definitely uh. enjoying an Amaro with a friend. Sure, as I did today, I mm-hmm. came in off the up the slushy, snowy streets of Toronto here and was welcomed into your home. Yeah, yeah. Or even like a, a coffee or a hot chocolate, definitely. something warming. Yeah. I mean, of course, an Amaro or a liquor a liquor based drink will also warm you. But even those kind of things, I I would argue that a hot chocolate tastes better when it's cold and snowy For outside. Sure. Right? I agree. Just like people say wine tastes ba- wine tastes better in a wine glass. Right. I think those types of drinks, especially a hot chocolate with marshmallows, taste better when it's cold and snowy outside. Definitely. I mean, and if you have the, uh, you know, if you can get a fire going oh. and, you know, I was actually, I was skiing at uh, Purden Mountain in Prince George, okay, uh, which is a pretty small mountain, but like lovely, lovely spot. Uh, and in there, you know, their chalet that was built in the who knows the 40s or something they have sure. this beautiful wood burning fireplace right. and you can like put your put your toque on there and let it kind of let it dry the steam starts coming off and right you can put your feet in front of it you know and just relax and warm up in between runs it's great i need to mention for our listeners who aren't canadian 
Um, everyone knows that this is a Canadian-centric podcast, and they all seem to enjoy yeah, that. We're talking uh, about winter. Well, they were talking about winter, <laughs> sure. And um, I, I need to explain what a toque is because people right. people who aren't familiar with what a toque is will be like, what are they talking about right now? So a toque is a winter wool or a winter knit hat that looks kind of like a... I think Americans call them beanies, but I, I would not say they look like beanies. They're their own thing. And we call them toques because the word comes from the town in Quebec named Toque. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I heard that somewhere. And I think I heard it on CBC, to be honest with you. So it doesn't get much more Canadian than that. You hear about toques on the CBC. So, um, yeah, it's its own knit hat that we wear. Yeah, yeah, that everyone sort of has. I have... I can count three right now. I have three different <laughs> ones um, just hanging on my coat rack in case you need in case you need one on your venture. I, I have a question. For sure, you. please. Do you prefer toques with pom poms? Oh, okay, or without? That's a great question. Right now, I'm really digging the ones without, but I do like those nostalgic ones that we're seeing. So you know, a traditional toque when I was a kid always had a pom pom on it, pom pom yeah. on it, right, and. Now I've got everyone that I have does not have a pom-pom. But if I got a knit one, if I got a hand-knit toque, then I would want a pom-pom. Yeah. What about you? I mean, right now my main toque is without a pom-pom. Okay. I think partly the you know the style is to have it kind of back on your head yeah. so there's no pom-pom on it. But sure. my actually my favorite toque, which I don't know where it went, is a green hand-knit like high-gauge wool with a beautiful pom-pom on top. Does it have any writing on it? No, it's got a, it's got kind of a, a little bit of a it's green on green um, kind of snowflake pattern. Great, it's beautiful. I like these these toques now that have like they'll say like places in the city, so you'll see like it'll say Ossington with a pom pom. No. Have you seen them? Yeah, they're no, I yeah. Seen them. They're expensive is the only thing. They're like of I kind of look at them like that's it's great. I should probably spend the money, but it's like that's too much for a toque. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's something you and yet if I was. Let's say I was in Prince George and I saw one that said Prince George. I would easily spend that money, right? right? It's always in your own place that you're, you're more hesitant to With that. Mr. PG on mm -hmm. it, yeah. Mr. PG is sort of the um, symbol of Prince George, I guess, or like it's... Uh, he's, a, he's kind of the mascot. He the was, mascot, that's he what He was I mean. originally constructed out of whole logs. Oh, he was. Yeah, and he was brought to, uh, I believe, London in the, I, the 1950s during a World's Fair. He was erected... In London, he had, he's this huge kind of stick man made of logs. Yeah, the, the, the trunk of the body yeah. is a, tr it's a, a tree, tree trunk. A yeah. huge tree. And he's got a circular head. And uh, yeah, he was he was originally made out of wood. They brought him back to Prince George. He started to rot. They had oh. to, yeah, they replaced him with, I think, he, I think he's made out of fiberglass now. But he still stands there at the corner when you enter the enter the town with his with his flag, Mr. PG. So when I was in Prince George just just last year... I ran into you, which was amazing, in Prince George. And one of the things that I loved, I had an extremely, I wouldn't even say Canadian moment, an extremely Northern BC, Northern British Columbian moment. We were in a bar and the table was made of a slab of wood. And I turned to you and your sister and I feel like there was someone else there. And I said, what wood is it? And there was a debate for about... 15 minutes about the wood, the slab of wood. So it was, a, it was a trunk that was cut lengthwise into a really long, I would say like an eight foot table, which was probably about four feet, 
four feet wide. It was a huge table. It was a huge table. And I said, what, 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 what do you think this is? And I just kind of casually asked it because it was a beautiful table in this beautiful little bar restaurant we were in. And then you three just for oh, yeah. 10 minutes yeah. discussed the wood and... I still think some, it was fur. Yeah. You said fur. It was certainly not poplar. That's one thing right. that I knew. Because like I, I, I may have mentioned poplar and I got dirty looks from everyone. I got dirty looks from people at other tables. Uh, fur, spruce, or pine, Marco. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. And then one would be too expensive. I remember it was like, that, no, that was, that's too expensive. We don't have them that big anymore. It would be cost far too big. It was a great conversation about... And I'm like, you know, you're in a town that where logging is an important aspect of it. When people are talking about wood with such uh, emotion and love and passion, you Definitely. know, yeah. that, that was, was a, that was a great moment for a, me. That was a great bar. They had mm-hmm. they had like a taxidermy bear on yeah. the, in the corner. It was like so Prince George. Right? They made their own beer. They made their own. And you beer. could get a growler yeah. there, bring yeah. your growler in, and all that kind of stuff. It was yeah. pretty great. It was pretty great. So yeah, being in Prince George was like mm-hmm. it's it's. You know, here in Toronto, you get the freeze thaw, sure, right, and and it's kind of slushy outside. Oh, right did now. you see? I had to throw so much salt on my on yeah. my front. There it's was not like, awesome, uh, no, right? It's like, not. This is you know, and and we're nearing here in Toronto anyway. I think mm-hmm. we're nearing the end of winter. Oh, well, well that's, you don't know. It gets to this point where people get a little bit pissed off, but right. you know, and I think that actually being in in the city makes winter harder because sure. you have to get places, and the, the schedule is mm-hmm. always the same. Yeah, when you live in a place like Prince George. Everyone is kind of bound by the weather. And mm-hmm. if if it snows 60 centimeters like it did the day I left wow. last Wednesday, yeah. uh, well, nothing's happening. Right. <laughs> right? And, hey, it means there's a, literally a snow day for everyone. And speaking of snow days, those were those are the days when I was a kid that you would... That were just the glory days if you did not go to school because there was a snow day. There was too much snow. The buses weren't running and you had a snow day. It was like one of the reasons why you love winter as a kid, right? My niece just experienced a snow day. I called and I was like, why are you home? And she's like, it's a snow day. And I'm like, I remember those days where you get to just do whatever and watch television that you wouldn't necessarily watch and play with friends and go tobogganing. Did you toboggan when you were out there? I did not toboggan this time. I have taken my nephews out and tobogganed. In previous visits. Okay. Yeah. So how important is the quality of the toboggan for you when you toboggan? I mean, it's funny because these, the, the ones that are the most, you know, fancy with a yeah. little steering wheel and stuff mm-hmm. are often like not even nearly as good as just an old plastic bag. No, <laughs> you know? I know the steering ones, nev- they always look better than they are in my right. opinion. I like the wooden toboggan that seats like three people oh, yeah. with the curved... Yeah front like a yeah. like a sleigh like a sleigh bed Wax or whatever yeah and that's my favorite toboggan to use and it'll go it'll go and yeah. those things there are like the classic toboggan that you're like there's a reason you don't reinvent the wheel this is the one that i that's my preferred toboggan yeah i feel like i feel like they were probably actually like means of transportation at some point you probably know? yeah probably Pulled i don't know a dog or you know well hell it's probably a dog sled yeah i guess yeah. i guess but it's so you know you mentioned how winter in the city cannot be can be a little bit trying one thing i will say i don't live too far from christie pitts oh lovely. and when it snows and you see you just see families out there tobogganing with the backdrop of the city it's one of the most most lovely things that you can experience it's my turn for those who aren't in toronto christie pitts yes thank you there's an old gravel pit is that what it was a gravel pit oh wow huge steep embankments and yeah you can really i i mean 
you could probably hurt yourself pretty bad. Hold on there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go fast. Yeah. One time, so get this. So this is this is a maybe not such a relaxing story, but um, so my parents had a bit of a a slope in their backyard that went into a just a field. I don't even know what it was. Now there's homes in it, but it was just like it was a slope, and it was a pretty steep slope. And so I was kind of like, you know, it's fun to go down, but then when you have to go back up as a kid, it it's it's a lot of work, right? Especially through snow. And this was not a groomed area. Like this was like <laughs> this little grassy field that had really tall grasses that were now covered in snow, but were still there. And it was like not easy. So I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. My 13-year-old self. I'm going to tie a rope to the sled and attach it to the house and that way when we go down i can just pull i can walk up and not carry the sled and pull the sled up well what i didn't realize is what happens when you take the sled down and the rope is attached to the sled in the end of the house but there's still more travel to go oh no it slingshots you up right (laughs) me and my sister on that going down really fast and then all of a sudden we get to the end of the rope but there's still steep to travel and we get slingshotted up a slingshot off the off the toboggan and you landed in the snow yeah luckily there was snow everywhere so yeah. we landed in it yeah yeah uh what other uh outdoor activities do you like to do in the winter um or is there something else that winter brings that you enjoy well actually this weekend i'm going camping in the winter oh really yeah have you done that before i have oh. but i mean i have i'm lucky i have a camper van Okay. So I'm going up to Algonquin. They oh, open up part of the park. Uh, they they actually rent out uh, kind of pioneer-style tents with, with uh, wood stoves inside them. Okay. Um, but I, I'll just take a, one of the plug-in things. I've got Great. a heater in there. Wow. Pop top, right? And then we can go cross-country ski. Or There's a skating oval up near up near Algonquin Park that I think is the longest in the world. What, what exactly is a skating oval? I don't even know. So it's, like a, it's like a trail in the woods, but it's for ice skating wow yeah it's huge it's kilometers long uh, so you can ice skate the trail in other words so it's yeah. not just a so it's kind of like you're you're walking in the woods but you're on walking on skates you're yeah. skating in yeah. the woods oh that sounds tremendous it's amazing we did it last year wow oh, beautiful uh so yeah we'll go we'll go up there we'll we may rent some uh some skis mm-hmm. uh do some cross-country skiing we already have snowshoes we'll definitely do some snowshoeing wow We'll go in. There's a there's a huge kind of tent there where they have a big fire going. Oh, wonderful! Have some music. You know, it's kind of like an interesting little community event uh, for Family Day weekend. Sure. Yeah. We because we have a national holiday coming up, which yeah. is called Family Day. So you're going up for Family Day. Yeah. Oh, what a great thing to do. Yeah. You know, everyone associates that that um, sport or that um, recreational activity of camping for summer months. So it's great that you can do it in the winter. I, I love it. I, I've done it I've been <clears> in the winter um, tenting before. The issue, I think, is that the length of day really hampers how much right. time you get outside. So you have sure. to stick, stick around in the tent. With this, it's kind of, you know, it's car camping. So uh, it's a little it's a little easier. Sure. You, there's, you know, you can bring your headlamp out. You can go and, and hang out in the kind of area. And yeah, it's a... It's fun. Right. Right. Well, it sounds like a, a cool winter activity. I'm trying to think of other winter activities that I enjoy. Um, I've always enjoyed winter, though. Winter's always been... I prefer a winter to a summer. I always have. I think it's because I was born... I'm born in December. So for me, it always was like a time of like fun and festivities and whatnot. You've got Christmas. You've got 
birthdays for me yeah that was a big thing as a kid so yeah. it, it carried over to my adult life i mean snowball fights yes right with my little nephews it's always a snowball fight have you ever built a snow fort oh yes yeah. definitely love snow forts yeah and snow forts yeah you know, last year when i was in prince george we built a huge snow snow fort mm-hmm. yeah it's always fantastic a good friend of mine builds a ice rink in the back because his son is a is a big uh hockey player or enjoys playing hockey yeah so I went and I was like, this is a serious ice rink you've built in your backyard. Because I remember as a kid just getting the hose and turning it on and like splashing on the, on the, in the backyard on the snow and creating ice. And we skated on that. And it was not great. And he's like, oh, no, this is serious stuff. We even have like a groomer to make sure that it's level and flat and wow. whatnot. Yeah. And he had like sideboards. It was kind of like a kit. I don't know. It was incredible. It's a, it's a lot of work actually to maintain mm-hmm. an ice rink. And you gotta really want to use it. Yeah. My uh, my brother-in-law used to play in the Western Hockey League. Oh. Um, and he does the same thing. He makes he makes his big wow. his his big ice rink outside, mm-hmm. and you know he's always like to my nephew, "Okay, it's time for you to go out and play." You know, like ice skate. You gotta ice skate. Mm-hmm. And well, unfortunately, my little nephew wants to play <laughs> Nintendo Switch instead. Right? Fair I enough. Mean, he's Fair. he's been outside all day, but frankly, but yeah. Are there books you prefer to read in the winter versus the summer? Does that does that change? Actually, it's funny. Um, when I in the winter, I I seem to be more more active in my like professional life, okay. my my like intellectual life. Mm-hmm. I'm reading more like magazines and news in sure. the winter. So yeah, I'm like more like activated in terms of what's happening in the summer. It seems to be a lot more like languid and time for novels. Right in the winter, you know, I'm reading I'm reading The Walrus or The New Yorker or you know uh, Toronto Toronto Star or you know, the kind of like uh, more more topical, serious, more, yeah, yeah. more serious stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listening to, to podcasts. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, for me, it's the opposite. I I prefer a thicker, longer book in the in the winter. One that will take time. Usually, fiction. I'm much more of a nonfiction reader, but in the winter, that's when I'll read my fiction. And if it's a longer book, I'm happy to read it and just take my time with it. Whereas in the summer or or warmer months, I'd like to get through things quicker and just huh. be done with them. Interesting. Yeah. What's your what's what's the latest book you've been reading? I'm actually reading this book about the Swedish art of um, like chilling and like just like I, I think it's called Lagoon. I can't. I should look it up. I have it upstairs and I'm reading. It's kind of like what the Swedes do actually in wintertime and in in times of like rest and how they really enjoy life and how they just embrace the winter and being comfortable and being warm and just enjoying a, <clears throat> a wool blanket or wool socks and really getting into it. So, I love it. Yeah. Love so it. what an interesting question because that's actually what's on my I mean, bedside. They, they do the, the saunas, yeah. right? The nice hot sauna and jump out into the snow and roll around. Mm-hmm. One of the chapters was about that I and mean, how, you know, it's just a part of their culture. And if you're in Sweden, that's what you do. Yeah. I was in Thunder Bay. And oh, they a lot have of fins up there. yeah a lot of fins, and they yeah. have a sauna culture there, oh, which cool. was which was really kind of neat. It was like we're at a sauna slash pancake house, and it was like <laughs> wow, this is really great. And they have their finished pancakes. And yeah. oh, I love great. I love things like that. Yeah. That really gets me going when I see different cultural things, especially different cultural things that take place that are specific to a season. Is always fun. You know, there's a Russian spa up north here in Toronto. And what? they do, and they do, yeah. And they have like the multiple pools, and they there's a guy, there's like this big fat Russian guy that mm-hmm. will whip you with tree branches mm-hmm. to like. I don't you know. think his his 
weight really is a factor in what he does. Uh, I think it lends authority. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think if he was a skinny guy, mm. it wouldn't feel right. I've been to a, a Russian a Russian sauna years ago in New York. A friend of ours was a tour guide in Russia and said, I will take you to a, a proper Russian uh, bath, Russian sauna. So we went. And there was this large, you know, he looked very muscular Russian gentleman who had branches and was kind of hitting people with these branches. And I said to my friend, I said, what exactly is going? And he said, they're eucalyptus branches. And so when you whip the person, this is what he said. I I have no authority. This could be incorrect. When you take the branches and kind of, I hate to say whip, but like, like flagellate, flagellate or wrap them on the person's back. It releases the oils of the eucalyptus. And so it's a pleasant odor. Your, your skin gets refreshed and wakens up and whatnot. So I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to uh, my my girlfriend and I have been planning on going into this Russian spa. So one day before the end of winter, definitely we'll end up. Oh, that's there. great! So, yeah. And so it's like a cl- classic Russian spa. Yeah, like hot pools. Oh, uh, that's... Hot, hot pools, cold pools, the whipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Also, fair. kombucha. They make yeah, ferment sure. kombucha. Yeah, of course. And that's the best time to be having kombuchas in the winter. Really? Have you ever been in a in a Whirlpool or jacuzzi when it's been snowing and it's yes. cold out. That's an oh, awesome feeling. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, once again, I did that in Prince George for the first time. I did it in Prince George, yeah, too. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I think I've even we have another podcast where I talk about Prince George. I have this real love for Prince George. How can you not? I, right? I mean, yeah. this is the funny thing. Like, I don't think that a lot of people know about this place. It's in the middle of British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like it's a logging town. Right. Pretty rough. Sure. But as you said, when, you know, great food. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing food so they have this one pizzeria sorry to cut you off go ahead where they use they use birch um not birch uh, logs i was gonna say birch trees but birch logs um they only use the birch logs to cook their pizzas in right um so like you know they have a proper stone oven that they that they use um wood to cook on a wood burning stove is what i'm trying to say i'm getting that why did they... Is there a reason why on yes. the birch? And so I thought, well, okay, it doesn't really matter what, what wood you use. But actually, the birch imparts a lovely nutty flavor to the pizza that I've never experienced no. before. Because I just said, let's go to this pizza place. It's called Batula, uh, Batula Burning. Batula Burning. And I said, let's go there and have it. And I said, I'm sure it's not going to be as good as pizza that I'm used to. And it was... And I could not eat my words more. It was fantastic. Some of the best pizza I had was there. They use birch. And they use birch because it's an inexpensive wood. Amazing. And it actually tastes good. And it and it imparts a wonderful flavor on the pizza. So if you're in uh, Prince George, definitely enjoy these winter activities and try this pizza is what I have to say. I was just there uh, a week ago Friday. Okay. And they make, they cure their own meats. Yes. I mean... It's a great, it's a great spot. It's a pretty great spot. Yeah. I have to say, well, I will tell you this. It's been great having you on the podcast. We've come to the end. I want to thank you, Raz, for being on our show today. I really appreciate the opportunity, Mark. It was oh. super fun to chat you, with you. You were one of our original fans because when we originally did the podcast, we had you come in and we had so many problems with that audio at that time that we could never use that episode. Oh, no. No. And it was a great, it was a great episode. Um, I'm sure it's... Cork. Yeah, it was about Cork. So we'll have you back to talk about Cork so that we can actually have that. But thank you again, Rest. Excellent. Thanks, Marco. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions.